it, friends. We've made it to another great Christmas special here on Sounds Like Radio. I am your Christmas host, your humble Christmas host, right here on the Sounds Like Radio show where we gather each year to play a couple of great Gildersleeve Christmas shows and to listen to some mighty fine Christmas music. And that's what we have in store for you today. Oh, a lot of good stuff, yeah. Today's Great Gildersleeve is the traditional Great Gildersleeve that they started doing probably about 1949. And they did it just about every year. But they always did a different version of the story. They just didn't play a repeat every year. They did a slightly modified version of the story every year. And today, we are up to the Willard Waterman Great Gildersleeves, and today's show is from December 19th of 1951. The traditional Great Gildersleeve show is about the chimes. I've dubbed it the Chiming of the Chimes. And we'll have a version of the Chiming of the Chimes story today as the Great Gildersleeve will... He's trying to figure out the best gift of all to give his girlfriend, Paula. <laughs> uh, Paula, now she is Mr. Bullard's sister, I do believe. And she's the one who has the daughter, Babs, that Leroy lacks. Well, it's all in the family, it, it appears, especially all in the neighborhood since Paula and Babs live right across the street. Now that is what I call convenient. Well... That's what the Great Gildersleeve is going to be about. It's Christmas time, of course, in Summerfield, just like it's Christmas time here. And friends, when it is Christmas time here, we like to visit friends. Friends like Roy Rogers. Yeah, I love his double R burgers. Oh, I could eat one right now, I'm telling you. Roy Rogers and Dale Evans, they're waiting to see you. Oh, there they are. Hello, Roy. Hello, Dale. Ah, oh, there they are. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year It's the happiest season of all Of the glories of Christmas is long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing, and the hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful Scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. 
Indeed, it is the most wonderful time of the year, especially here on Sounds Like Radio. It is the wonderful time of the year. Now, I got a question for you. It's getting nearer and nearer Christmas. Uh, have you made up some, of, at least some of your Christmas list? Now, the last time we got together, I, I didn't have a clue what to give anybody. Well, now, I've thought about it. I have some ideas, but nothing is concrete yet. I don't have anything in hand, but I've got some ideas of what to get. I have to do a little more research. (laughs) Oh, sometimes these things can be difficult. But, you know, that is the secret of Christmas. Picking out, figuring out, just the right gift to give. Well, it's kind of kind of hard, but I, I think I've got some good ideas now. There's only two people on my list that I really not sure at all what to get. I'm going to have to keep working on it, friends. Luckily, Christmas ain't tomorrow, so i still got a little time. But the secret of Christmas, I think, well, at least one of the circuits is picking out exactly the right gift to give to somebody, figuring out exactly what they would want. Well, I don't think Bing had much trouble with this because Bing sang a song. It's one of my favorite Bing Christmas songs. He sang it first in the movie, Say One For Me. And this is a rather unusual version of the song because this is a version you don't see very often and you don't hear it. This is the 1959-45 version of Bing's Secret of Christmas. This is a beautiful song, and I think you're going to like it. Take it away, Bing. It's time for the Secret of Christmas. Oh, ah. Very nice. Let's listen. It's not the glow you feel when snow appears. It's not the Christmas card you've sent for years Not the joyful sound when sleigh bells ring Or the merry songs children sing That little gift you send on Christmas Day will not bring back the friend you've turned away. So may I suggest the secret of Christmas. Is not the things you do at Christmas time, but the Christmas things you do all year through. Christmas. 
the secret of Christmas is not the things you do at Christmas time, but the Christmas things you do all year. Yes, indeed, Bing. Hmm. You are right. It's the Christmas things you do all through the year. You know, they count. They mean something. Especially when you don't have to do something and you do it anyway. And you're just being nice to another nice person. And that makes all the difference, I think. That was being in The Secret of Christmas, the 45 version from the song that came out in the movie Say One For Me. Well, I'm going to say one right now. I'd like to hear Judy Garland singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Yeah, I'm hearing that music in the background. It's giving me ideas. But you know what I would like, really like to do right now? I would like to hear the very special stereofied version of Judy's classic song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It's been stereofied. Yeah, and it sounds real nice, too. Let's listen now to Judy as she sings, Have Yourself. This is the classic version. It's just now in stereo. Let's enjoy it, shall we? Take it, Judy.
yourself a merry little Christmas Judy Garland in a beautiful stereo version. Yeah, a beautiful stereo-fied version of Judy's classic Have Yourself Merry Little Christmas. Hmm. Yeah. You know, if you've ever seen her sing that song in, the, I believe the movie was the St. Louis story, or what was the movie? I'm going to have to think of that. But the movie and the scene where Judy sings that song dressed in a beautiful red dress, singing it to little Margaret O'Brien. Well, it's just kind of unforgettable. All right, friends, we are listening to a Christmas program here on Sounds Like Radio. I believe this is volume 10, as we're going to be listening to a great Gildersleeve in a little tiny bit, where he is trying to get the very best present for Paula. In the meantime, we've got Frank Sinatra on hand. He's raring to go. He's sitting right here along with his partner, at least his partner for this song, his partner, Nat King Cole. Yeah, Nat King Cole to sing his classic Christmas song with uh, a little help from the chairman of the board. Here is Frank Sinatra and Nat King Cole and the Christmas song. Uh, This is going to be good. I can guarantee you that. Let's listen. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe can help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way. Loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I 
simple phrase to kids from one to nineteen. Oh, it's been said many times, many ways. Merry Christmas. King Cole and Frank Sinatra and the Christmas song. Very nice mix there, huh? Sometimes they do it just right. And that was one of those perfect song mixes created several years after the original versions came out. But man, was that nice. Speaking of nice, oh, we have a guy here we like having on our show all through the year. He's one of our favorites. Here is the great Jimmy Dean. I'm Jimmy Dean, and thank you very much for letting us become just a little part of your holiday. And we sincerely hope that Jimmy Dean's sausage might make your holiday just a little bit brighter. Happy holiday to you. Well, Jimmy, thanks a lot for that little wish. Yeah, Jimmy Dean, he, he wants to wish us all a happy holiday, but you know, he knows something about being a cowboy. When you're a cowboy and you're out there in the middle of nowhere, well, what better place to, to have a little prayer? The Cowboy's Prayer. Here is Jimmy Dean. I'm not much good at praying, and you might not know me, Lord, because I ain't much seen in churches where they preach your holy word. But... I guess you might have seen me out here on these lonely plains Looking after cattle and feeling thankful when it rains Admiring thy great handiwork, the miracle of grass Aware of thy kind spirit and the way it comes to pass That hired men on horseback and the livestock that we tend We can look up at the stars at night and know we got a friend Well, here's old Christmas coming on, reminding us again of him who's coming brought goodwill into the hearts of men. Now, a cowboy ain't no preacher, Lord, but if you just hear my prayer, I'll, I'll ask as good as what we've got for all men everywhere. 
Don't let no hearts be bitter, Lord. Let no child be cold. Make easy beds for them that's sick and them that's weak and old. Let kindness bless the trail we ride, no matter what we're after, and will sort of keep us by your side and tears as well as laughter. Now, I've seen old cows a-starvin' and it ain't no happy sight. So please leave no one hungry, Lord, on this thy Christmas night. No man, no child, no woman, no critter on four feet. And I aim to do the best I can to help you find them chuck to eat. Now, I'm just a lowly cowpoke, Lord, and I've got no business praying. Still, I, I hope you'll hear a word or two of what it is I'm saying. We speak of Merry Christmas, Lord. I think that you'll agree that there can't be a Merry Christmas for a man if he ain't free. So, one thing more I'll ask you, Lord. Just help us what you can. To save some seeds of freedom for the future sons of man. Yeah, isn't that nice? And I think. Those words are truer today than ever before. Freedom is one of the most important things we have in this country and to all men everywhere, the freedom to do as they choose. And now those freedoms are being taken away one by one by one in ways we never would have imagined. Let's just hope things get turned around speaking uh, in the year 2023 right now so if you're hearing this and hopefully you're hearing this in the future and things are much better you're saying hey what's he talking about well I hope that is true I hope it is true well speaking of freedom I got the freedom right now to <laughs> turn to the great gildas leave yeah here's a neat show he did from December 19th 1951 when Freedom reigned over this land, as I hope it will once again. Freedom reigned in the Gildersleeve show. Well, he was free to do that story all about the chimes. The chiming of the chimes as Gildersleeve looks for just the perfect present for his girlfriend Paula. Let's listen now to the great Gildersleeve here on the Sounds Like Radio Christmas Show. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you partially transcribed by the Kraft Foods Company. Kraft, you know, has been famous for years for bringing you the very finest foods, quality foods, the world's favorite varieties of cheese, America's choice in salad dressings, and many other wonderful things to eat. When you shop, look for the name Kraft. 
Remember, the name Kraft on any food is your guarantee of quality. Well, it's a crisp, cold night in Summerfield. Here and there, a lighted Christmas tree glows warmly in the window. Holly wreaths have begun to appear. The ground is white with new snow, and it's still falling. Big, fat flakes that cling to the porches and to the trees and to the brim of the great Gildersleeve's hat. As he hurries down his front steps, ventures cautiously onto the slippery walk, then strides gaily across the street toward Mr. Bullard's house. Deck the halls with boughs of holly, fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be jolly, fa la 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 la. Don, we what? Where are you going? Yeah, Leroy, I'm going to see Paula. Yeah, I mean Mrs. Winthrop this evening. Did you get an official pass from Mr. Bullard to call on his sister? Leroy, I don't need a pass. It's Christmas. I think I'll go with you, Unc. You but. I'll sit and talk to Baz while you talk to her mother. The couch in front of the fireplace is a four-seater. Now, oh, Leroy, you can see Babs any time. Just kidding, Uncle. I'll bow out. You need all the breaks you can get anyway. What's this? Well, you haven't seen Mrs. Winthrop much since that rival blew into town. Oh, that fellow Bruce Pendleton. Yeah. Brucey. That's what she calls him. Yuffer. Competition, Uncle. Leroy, he's just in town for the holidays. He's staying at Mr. Bullard's club. I'm sure he's as much Mr. Bullard's friend as he is Paula's. Yeah? I don't think he'd take so long on the porch these nights if he was just saying goodnight to Mr. Bullard. Mm, I'd better hurry right over there. Good luck, Doc. Thank you, my boy. Yeah, I can meet the competition. I can take my time saying goodnight, too. <laughs> Well, Throckmorton. Hello, Paula. Come in. Oh, my, it's snowing out, isn't it? It's just a little. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Look at you. You have a big snowflake right on the end of your nose. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, cold nose, warm heart. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me take your coat. Yeah, thank you. Well, beautiful tree, Paula. And Christmas presents. Are all those for me? Oh, no, but you can help me finish wrapping them. Yeah, fine. A lot of presents. Well, Babs and I have lots of relatives. Oh, yeah, sure. And then I couldn't forget those little boys and girls at the children's home. Say, you have been very active in social work since you came to Summerfield. I'm proud of you, Paula. Oh, it's just something I love doing. Very much. And there are a few children in the infirmary that Santa Claus may not remember this year. Good for you. It'd be a shame if any little kitties were forgotten on Christmas. Here, here, put your finger on this ribbon while I tie the knot. Yeah, yeah, all right. Interesting design you're using, Paula. Mistletoe paper. Just put the package over there. Yeah, I think I'll bounce right on top of your head. You know what that means, mistletoe. (laughs) Aren't you uh, rushing the season a little? You only four more shopping days. You'd better put the package down there by the tree. Shucks. Say, here's a fancy-looking package. Mm, I think that's my gift from Babs. Oh, she couldn't wait, huh? Let me shake this. I bet I can guess what's in it. Oh, now, Throckmorton. Oop. 
tired fellow. Oh, dear. Well, isn't that just like that? To the dearest girl I know, Bruce. Bruce! Throckmorton, give me the package. That one isn't from Babs. No, guess not. Bruce Pendleton, I. Pushy out of tongues. <laughs> I can hardly wait to open his present. He always thinks of the most original things. Well, I haven't brought you my present yet. I'm liable to think of something pretty original, too. Oh, oh give me a hint. A hint? Oh, well. Bruce keeps teasing me about what's in this package. Yeah, he does, does he? Mm-hmm. All you tell me is that it starts with a P for Paula. Isn't that clever? Well, I guess there's a fine line between being clever and being corny. <laughs> now, Throckmorton, he's very ingenious. In fact, <laughs> the mistletoe paper was his idea. It was? Well, it may have been his idea. But I was the first one who thought of holding it over your head. I think. (laughs) Couldn't sleep last night. Coming, Bertie. Yeah, I wonder what Paula is getting from that Bruce character. Why isn't he back in Dayton working? Maybe he owns a factory or something. Well, I'll have to go him one better. Good morning, Unky. Hi, Unky. Good morning, children. Where's Bronco? Oh, he grabbed a donut and ran off to shop for the twins. Oh? Uh-huh. He has to play Santa this year, you know. Oh, yes. Oh, the twins are so excited. They look at the tree and the colored lights and laugh. What are they laughing at? They don't know what Christmas is all about. Yeah, I wish I had something to laugh about. Marjorie? Yes, Unky? What Christmas presents can you think of that begin with the letter P? The letter P? Well... Who's the present for, Unc? A little nephew pal of yours spelled P-A-L? Hardly, Leroy. I was thinking of something for a young lady. Oh, you mean me. <laughs> we'll get around to you children later. There's a present under Paula Winthrop's tree, and it starts with the letter P. I'm trying to figure out what it is. Uh-huh. It's her present from Brucey, isn't it? Well, yes. Well, if it's from your rival, why do you want to know what's in it, Unky? Well, I don't want to give her the same present. I'd like to give her something a little better. Well, if it starts with a P, maybe it's perfume. Yeah, it's a big package. Have to be pretty cheap perfume. I'll bet it's a Palomino pony. <laughs> like some hot coffee, Miss Gildersleeve? Yeah, thank you, Bertie. Could it be perfume? No, sir. This is coffee. Yes. <laughs> Bertie, we're trying to think of some gift a woman would like, starting with the letter P. Something for a woman? How about petticoat? He wouldn't dare. (laughs) Any other ideas, Bertie? Well, it could be something for the kitchen. Let's see, pot, pan, percolator? Bertie, this is a present for Mrs. Winthrop. Yes, sir. And you say it starts with the letter P. Oh, I got it, Mr. Gillsleeve. You have? I know something she likes. Philadelphia cream cheese. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What a crafty answer. (laughs) 
Wish I had thought of giving her something starting with P for Paula. Here, let's see. Might be a purse. Here's a string of pearls. Water commissioner, you're getting in over your head. Well, good morning, Gilda. Well, the Honorable Judge Hooker. Good morning, Horace. You were walking along with a faraway look in your eye, dreaming of a white Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) You old goat. Yeah, I'm trying to get an idea about a Christmas present for Mrs. Winthrop, Horace. Oh? Well, I came down to hear the Kraft Choral Club. They're going to sing under the community Christmas tree. Oh, yes. Let's get a little closer. Yeah. I've been so worried about Paula's Christmas present, I almost forgot they were in town. They came all the way from Chicago, Gilda. Yeah, I know, Judge. See, there's a lot of them. wonder who makes the cheese while they're on tour. Shh. They're about to sing. Ladies and gentlemen, at this Christmas season, it is our pleasure to present the Kraft Choral Club under the direction of Gerhard Schroth. Yeah, they're great, all right. I think I'll try to find something for Paul in a hurry and come back. I'll wait here, Gildy. In fact, I may go up and sing with them. Please, not that judge. They didn't come all the way from Chicago to hear you cackle. Now, Gildy. Wait. They're going to sing again. like the carols at this time of year. They warm the cockles of my heart and send the yule tide spirit coursing through my veins. Quiet, horse. Listen. 
Greg Gildersleeve continues his search for a Christmas present in just a moment. Again this year, as the holiday season approaches, the makers of Kraft Quality Foods wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a happy and prosperous New Year. During the year now drawing to a close, we have appreciated the confidence you have shown through your purchases in all the fine food products which your grocer has brought to you from Kraft. Again, we say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to each of you from all the men and women of Kraft. Now, back to the Great Gildersleeve. Well, there's a fancy Christmas package under the tree at Paula Winthrop's house from Gildersleeve's out-of-town rival. What's in it? That's what the water commissioner would like to know. Whatever it is, I'll get her something better. He may have the edge of me saying goodbye on the porch, but by George, I'll beat him under the Christmas tree. Yeah, I'll go all out. Hello, Petey. Yeah, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> what can I do for you this afternoon? Yeah, I'm looking for a Christmas present, Petey. For a lady. Something extra special. <laughs> Gift for Mrs. Winthrop, is it? You bet. That sneaky Pendleton fellow bought her something that looks pretty nice. And I'm going to go him one better. I'm going to get her something so beautiful and so clever, it'll make him look silly. My, my, giving you trouble, is he? Well, I guess Paul is impressed with the guy because he came all the way from Dayton to see her. Well, that does take more of an effort than just walking across the street the way you do. <laughs> Any ideas, Petey? Well, you might go to Dayton and come back. <laughs> No, Petey. I want suggestions about a gift. Well, what did she like? Has uh, she dropped any hints? No. She's been too busy planning a nice Christmas for the children's home. She spends a lot of time over there. Oh, that's nice. There must be something clever and original I can get for her, Petey. Does she like sweetmeats? Sweetmeats? We have some very attractive boxes of candied prunes. Quite healthful, too. <laughs> no, Petey. Well, how about some musical bath salts? No. Well, how about a nice set of bass scales? Women like to weigh themselves, you know. No. Mr. Gildersleeve, you're rather hard to please. Yep. Phoebe, I've got to get something different. Something original. Now, you've had plenty of experience at this Christmas thing. Mm, that's true. You've been buying Christmas presents for Mrs. Peavy for 20 years. Yes, I have. Well, certainly, after all that time, a man should know what it takes to please a woman. No, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can see you're going to be no help at all, Petey. I'm going over to Hogan Brothers. That's a good idea. Happy shopping, Mr. Gildersleeve. Happy shopping. <laughs> Oop, elevator's crowded. Ooh, what a mob in these stores. Why does everybody wait till the last minute to buy presents? Whoop! watch that umbrella lady. Second floor, phonographs, radios, toys. Uh, out on two, please. You might get her a radio. No, everybody has a radio. I'd be more original than that if I'm going to beat that Dayton Don Juan. Christmas won't mean a thing to me unless I outdo it. Well, cute toys up here. Oh, 
Oh, is that you, Mr. Gillsleeve? Yeah, hello, Bertie. What are you doing up here in toys? Oh, I got a lot of little nieces and nephews I have to buy for. Oh, yes. They don't have much, so when I show up every Christmas with my arms full of toys, they think I'm some pumpkin. Yeah, I'll bet they do, Bertie. Say, what if I showed up with an armful of toys for those kiddies at the children's home? The ones Mrs. Winthrop is so fond of. Oh, them children would think you were some pumpkins, too, Mr. Gillsleeve. Well, I guess they would. What's more, I'd be some pumpkins with Paula, too. Yes, sir. You bet. There's nothing I could do that would impress her more. Right, George, this is a great idea we had, Bertie. Click, click, I want to buy some toys. Kids are. Paula's car is parked out in front. But say, I'll bet she's in the infirmary. Well, I'll walk in on them, pass out these toys to the little kitties, and tell Paula this is my Christmas present to her. What can she say? Except that I'm the greatest guy in the world. This will fix that Bruce Pendleton. You can never top this. Yeah, here we are. I see some children. Hello, kitties. Hello. Hello. Uh, where's Mrs. Winter? She'll be back. She went to get us some orange juice. Oh. Where are all the rest of the children? They got taken downtown. They did? Yeah, to see the big Christmas tree. All that were able to go. I see. Well, I'll just put these packages down and wait for Mrs. Winter. Are you Santa Claus? Me? No, he's not Santa Claus. He hasn't got a white beard. But he's nice and fat. (laughs) Yeah, but he's not Santa Claus. Santa Claus never comes around here. Now, wait a minute, young fellow. I'm sort of a Santa Claus. I brought all these presents to you children. For us, honest and truly? Oh, boy. You see, Tommy, he is Santa Claus. (laughs) Oh, boy. I gotta come over and see him. Tommy's lucky. He's in a wheelchair. Oh, Well, I'll bring the presents around to your little bed when Mrs. Winthrop comes. I want to open mine now. No, wait a minute, Tommy. You shouldn't open presents until Christmas. I don't want to open mine until Christmas. I just want to dream about what's in them. That's the idea, little girl. While we're waiting for Mrs. Winthrop, will you read us a Christmas story? Christmas story? That's what she was doing. Yeah, in that book. Well, I like stories. I used to read them to my niece and nephew. Let's see what we have here. Why the Chimes Rang by Raymond McDonald Alden. I like that one. I don't know it. Well, I've been in here longer than you have. Yes. Well, let's read it. We don't have much time. Once upon a time, in a faraway country, there was a wonderful church. It stood on a high hill in the midst of a great city. And every Sunday, as well as on sacred days like Christmas, thousands of people climbed the hill to its great archways looking like lines of ants all moving in the same direction. They don't allow ants in here. Stop interrupting, Tommy. Yes, you must listen, Tommy. Now, all the people knew that at the top of the tower was a chime of Christmas bells. They'd hung up there ever since the church had been built and were the most beautiful bells in the world. Some described them as sounding like angels far up in the sky. Others as sounding like strange winds singing through the trees. 
But for many years, they had never been hurt. Why didn't the bells ring? Well, we're coming to that. It was said that people had been growing less careful of their gifts for the Christ child. And that no offering was brought, which was fine enough to deserve the music of the chimes. Every Christmas Eve, people still crowded to the altar. Each one trying to bring some gift better than any other. Why'd they do that? Well, for personal reasons, I guess. They were trying to make a big impression. Oh. Now, where were we? Oh, yes. Now, a number of miles from the city, in a little country village, lived a boy named Pedro and his little brother. They had heard of the service in the church on Christmas Eve and planned to go see the beautiful celebration. Nobody can guess, little brother, Pedro would say, all the fine things there are to see and hear. And I've even heard it said that the Christ child himself sometimes comes down to bless the service. What if we could see him? The day before Christmas, Pedro and little brother were able to slip quietly away. And although the walking was hard in the frosty air, before nightfall they had trudged so far hand in hand that they saw the lights of the big city just ahead of them. They were about to enter one of the great gates in the wall that surrounded it. And they saw something dark on the snow near their path. And stepped aside to look at it. What was it? Well, let's see. There by the path was a poor woman who had fallen in the snow. Too sick and tired to get in where she might have found shelter. Oh. Pedro knelt down beside her. You will have to go on alone, little brother, he said. Alone, cried little brother. But you will not see the Christmas festival. No, said Pedro. And he could not keep back a bit of choking sound in his throat. See this poor woman. Her face looks like the Madonna in the chapel window. And she will freeze to death if nobody cares for her. But I cannot bear to leave you and go on alone, said little brother. Both of us need not miss the service, said Pedro. And it better be I than you. You can easily find your way to the church. And you must see and hear everything twice, little brother. Once for you and once for me. And oh, if you get a chance, little brother, to slip up to the altar without getting in anyone's way, take this little silver piece of mine and lay it down for my offering when no one is looking. In this way, he hurried little brother off to the city and winked hard to keep back the tears as he heard the crunching footsteps sounding farther and farther away in the twilight. The great church was wonderful that night. When the organ played and the thousands of people sang, the walls shook with the sound. And little Pedro, way outside the city wall, felt the earth tremble around him. close of the service came the procession with the offerings to be laid on the altar. Rich men and great men marched proudly up to lay down their gifts to the Christ child. Some brought wonderful jewels. Some brought baskets of gold. But the chimes did not ring. And last of all came the king of the country hoping with all the rest to win for himself the chime of the Christmas bells. 
There went a great murmur through the church as the people saw the king take from his head the royal crown, all set with precious stones, and lay it gleaming on the altar as his offering to the holy child. Surely, everyone said, we shall hear the bells now, for nothing like this has ever happened before. But still, only the cold old wind was heard in the tower. And the people shook their heads. And some of them said, as they had said before, that they never really believed the story of the chimes and doubted if they ever rang at all. Suddenly, everyone looked at the old minister, who was standing by the altar holding up his hand for silence. Not a sound could be heard from anyone in the church But as all the people strained their ears to listen, there came, softly, but distinctly, swinging through the air, the sound of the chimes in the tower. So far away, and yet so clear the music seemed. So much sweeter were the notes than anything that had been heard before, rising and falling away up there in the sky, that the people in the church sat for a moment, as still as though something held each of them by the shoulders. Then they all stood up together and stared straight at the altar to see what great gift had awakened the long, silent bells. But all that the nearest of them saw was the childish figure of little brother, who had crept softly down the aisle when no one was looking, and had laid Pedro's little piece of silver on the altar. That's a wonderful story. Why did the bells ring when little brother laid the piece of silver on the altar? Well... Why didn't they ring when the great men brought jewels and things? Well, like the book said, each one was trying to bring some gift better than any other. Those men were trying to outdo each other, while little Pedro gave out of the goodness of his heart. He didn't have any ulterior motive. Ulterior motive? What's that? Well, I guess that's what I had when I came in here. That's Mrs. Winthrop coming. It is? Yeah. I guess I'll be going. Aren't you going to wait and see Mrs. Winthrop? Where are you going, mister? Well, I think I'll sneak out this side door. But how will she know who bought the presents? Well, that's not important anymore. Merry Christmas. Thanks. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'll tiptoe down the back steps. Well, five o'clock. I didn't know the children's home had chimes. Christmas, everybody. Portions of the preceding program were transcribed.
Well, there you have it, friends. The Great Gildersleeve from December 19th, 1951. Their famous traditional story of the chiming of the chimes. That's this year's version of the chiming of the chimes. As I say every year, they would change the story, modify it just the slightest bit. Now, while I was listening to the show, it bothered me that I couldn't remember offhand that Judy Garland movie where Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is first song. Well, I remembered it. It's Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. So now you can all relax. Ah, yeah, your humble host brain has kicked in. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, now we're listening to Deck the Halls with Boughs of Holly. Fa la 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 la. Now, this past week, I watched an episode of the Ozzy and Harriet Christmas show where the whole gang sang Deck the Halls. The show was about trying to get a piano for their uh, Christmas party that they're going to have. And they finally did get the piano. And one of the first songs they sang as they started to play it at the party was Deck the Halls. And thinking of that song reminded me I want to play that song here on the show. And what better lady could we get to sing the song? Oh, she does a neat version of this. Here is Peggy Lee and Deck the Halls with Bows of Holly. Take it, Peggy. The season to be jolly. Ba la 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 la, it's Christmas time. Down we now our gay apparel. Fa la 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 la. Sing the ancient Yuletide carol. Ba la 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 la, it's Christmas time. have Peggy Lee and Deck the Halls. A great Christmas song. You know, I, I, we used, as kids, we used to sing that song all the time. And 
I just noticed when I watched that Ozzy and Harriet show, we, we really don't hear that song that often anymore, and we sure don't sing it together like we used to, so I think it's about time we brought back the old tradition of singing some great Christmas songs all together. If you've got a piano and you've got somebody who knows how to play it, it's a good time to do that. Play them Christmas songs and everybody can sing along. Doesn't matter whether you can sing good or not, as long as you're ringing forth with your voice. Peggy Lee, she rang forth and I liked it too. Well, friends, we got a nice song here. You know, it is Christmas time. We ought to get to a traditional Christmas song for you, a Christmas carol, as we have the one and only, the great Luciano Pavarotti, and he's here to sing. Yeah, that song behind us, I'd give you a hint. <laughs> Here's Pavarotti to sing, Oh, Holy Night. You're in for a treat, friends. There he is, stepping forward, taking the gum out of his mouth, and now Pavarotti sings. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Lord,
Luciano Pavarotti and Oh Holy Night. Man, I told you, that was a treat. Yes, sir. They don't make them like that anymore, do they? <laughs> well, friends, now this past, actually just earlier today, I, I went online trying to find a gift for my little niece. Yeah, she likes horses, so I was trying to find her something to go with horses, you know. And in my mind, when you're riding a horse, you got to have a cowboy hat. Yeah, oh, right. So I, I, I'm looking for the cowboy hats for girls, and oh my, they got a huge selection as far as colors go. My complaint is, they don't give you any choice of sizes. Yeah, even though it says at the top, uh, small, medium, large. When you run, come right down to it, pick out a, a hat. All of them, every one of them, every one of the different colors, all of them come in medium. And they don't give you any options to choose anything else other than medium, medium, medium. Now, you know, I don't know. My, now she, my niece, she has sort of a big head. I don't know how big it is, though. I mean, yeah, these type of things really you should be trying on in person because you never know how a hat's going to fit till you actually try it on. So some things are better left in person to go to a real store and stick that hat on your head and make sure it will fit. I got some, <laughs> I got some slippers for my birthday, and oh my. Now you speak of something that you ought to try on to see if it fits. These slippers were about two inches past my toes. They, they were a little big. Oh, and it's rising for such gigantic shoes. Uh, they were hard to get into. They were a very tight squeeze. Maybe I just need to wear them more often. You know, wear them in. That's still not going to solve the problem of them two inches in front of my toes. Oh, we're going to have to work it out. And while I'm working it out, maybe I'll waltz. You know, I can waltz and think at the same time. In fact, waltzing with Doris Day might just make me think a whole lot better. I know it's going to give me some real pleasant thoughts. Here is Doris Day and the Christmas waltz just for you and for me. May I have this waltz, Doris? <laughs> Frosted window panes Candles gleaming inside Painted candy canes on the tree Santa's on his way He's filled his sleigh with things, things for you and for me. It's that time of year when the world falls in love. Every song you hear seems to say, Merry Christmas. May your new year dreams come true And this song of mine In three-quarter time Wishes you and yours the same thing too
the Christmas waltz. Wouldn't you just like to do the Christmas waltz with Doris Day? Oh, that'd be sweet. Well, friends, we are coming up near the end of the show. <laughs> now that can only mean one thing. We have to turn to our favorite singer of them all, our house singer. Oh, he, there he is. This is Bing Crosby. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome, Bing. Yeah, Bing Crosby is here, and he's going to sing the song that we demand to be heard. We demand it every time we do a Christmas show here on Sounds Like Radio. And, you know, our house singer, he is very happy to sing it. Oh, here he is to sing. And by the way, this is going to be very special. We have a very special stereofied version of Bing's classic 1947 Decca record, White Christmas. Pay attention now. This is a stereo version. Let's listen now to Bing and his classic, White Christmas. You know, I'm liking it already. Just listen to that. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. The treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow I'm dreaming of a white Christmas
yeah. Now to everyone listening, happy Christmas, the best New Year ever. And in the words of Tiny Tim, God bless us, everyone. There you have it, friends, the very classic, the classic of classic versions of White Christmas from Bing Crosby. And that was a very special stereofied version of that song. Could you tell? Could you hear the stereo sound? I especially noticed it when the chorus was singing. That sounded to me the most stereo version of it all. And Bing, too, if you listen closely, you can tell it's in stereo. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun this past year playing stereo versions of songs that have been stereofied recently and have come out on uh, commercial CDs. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed these stereo versions as much as I have. And we're going to do more of that next year. So a lot of neat songs to come up and a lot of neat stereo listening. You're listening to Bert Kemford and his version of White Christmas to help us close out our Sounds Like Radio Christmas Show, Volume 10. Today we heard the great Gildersleeve from December 19th, 1951. The traditional Gildersleeve show of the chiming of the chimes. Till next time, friends, I am your humble, your humble Christmas host. Till next time, when we're back, oh, in fact, we're going to be back with another Christmas show. Until then, I am me saying so long for now and... Have a very, very Merry Christmas.